0: This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth planners and investment managers who offer unwavering support in challenging times. Visit candowealth.com for more information.
1: Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Cindy Yu, and I'm joined by Fraser Nelson and Katie Balls. Today, there have been reports of how the Conservative Party wants to reform welfare benefits in this country. Fraser, tell us about what the DWP Secretary of State, Malstride, is thinking.
2: Well, what he seems to be thinking is suspiciously similar to what John Ashworth, his opposite number in the Labour Party, was saying a couple of days ago. Ashworth gave a speech to the Centre for Social Justice, which struck me as quite a moment. I've been involved with the CSJ for for quite a while, and it was set up by Ian Duggan-Smith, and yet here we had a Labour front-bencher, talking about how um, how w- welfare is a terrible waste of humanity, not just a waste of money, and that you need to reform things, for example, to allow people who are on sick leave to go back into work a little bit more. Now, this is exactly what <laughs> Ian Duncan Smith had been arguing, and now it seems it's what the government are trying to do. But the choreography strikes for me as slightly comic. I mean, the CSJ has been arguing this for, for quite some time now. Nobody paid any attention until the Labour Party did. Now... Number 10 seems to be in a little bit of a panic, realising that they're about to have Labour eat their chips, as we say in Scotland. Like, um, Labour is about to become the party of welfare reform if the Tories aren't careful. So we're trying to take evasive action. What strikes me is the sheer timetable that their Tories are working on. They want to have a review at Easter, maybe get something changed by the summer. And we all know with changes, they take a long, long time to pull through. So by the time the next election comes, very little difference would be made you don't really need new laws. They're thinking of new laws, but you just need to have the system working in a way that was pre-pandemic. You need to get the, um, for example, the conditionality. Uh, It should be difficult to claim, uh, if you're able-bodied, to claim welfare in a country which has got more than a million job vacancies. That's about twice as many as you had decades on average leading up to the pandemic. So the Tories have been asleep at the wheel here. Labour have been less asleep and the Tories are now in panic.
1: Well, Katie, given this long-time Table and the fact that Labour had talked about it first is, is the Conservative Party just doing this to look like they're doing something or are they actually serious about reform?
0: I mean I think that ever since The Spectator highlighted the figures in terms of that work here I think both parties and actually lots of other publications have followed suit into saying this is a big problem and therefore there was always talk that the Tories would look at this I think when you're speaking to MPs and government figures about the coming budget they say it's actually in terms of its focus is not going to be particularly good news in terms of tax cuts. That will be perhaps the one after that. But uh, where they hope they can make a mark is on what they can do to get it out of work, back and work. So I think the fact that Jonathan Ashworth gave this speech has clearly showed, as we've seen a little bit of Labour on the NHS and something that Fraser talks about in the cover this week, that where Labour looks like they're on the front foot on some of the big issues, it puts the Tories under pressure to mm. follow suit. In terms of the time story, I mean, these are all just things they're currently considering. And therefore, you're never quite sure this was actually planning. I think that uh, if you look at some of the suggestions, so one is, you know, tax breaks for those, you know, who'd return to work in the over 50s group. They could not have to pay income tax is one idea for the first six months that has already met quite a fierce reaction by various groups saying, wait, so I will work consistently and have to pay it, but you can take time and then come back in. So it doesn't feel those ideas are fully formed yet, Mm. but it is something where I think they hope that it is a springtime announcement.
1: Fraser, how much of reforming the system, getting these millions of people back into work, is about tackling healthcare concerns? Because I think I'm right in saying that a lot of them are out claiming long-term health problems, whether that's mental or physical. So is it something that really reforming a benefit system can help or is it something that we need to fundamentally look at better healthcare?
2: Well there's about two and a half million people now claiming um, long-term sick benefit. That figure has shot up by about half a million since lockdown. I think Britain is the only country in a developed world where that figure kept going up even after Covid. Now if you look at these figures the, the data becomes a bit fuzzy but if you do a the survey was done where they found out that 60% of them are complaining about mental health issues now the good news there is that mental health issues can be addressed you can get have talking therapy CBT therapy there are ways of helping people get back into work but not if there are massive waiting lists so some people can be waiting more than a year before they get their, their first appointment here uh, I mean overall the, the average weight is 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 um, relatively low, but I think a quarter of those um, diagnosed mental health issues have got to wait more than three months for their first appointment. And a lot of them report the mental health issues getting worse while they wait. So the broken NHS is certainly making this problem worse. I think there ought to be a system here where DWP and the health department work together. So if somebody is being signed off for mental health reasons, then I think that as part of the Welfare to Work program, you should be able to get that person an appointment with talk therapy or whatever help they need. This has gone beyond, for the government now, this is, for a long time, it's almost been like a humanitarian issue of us probably an overly elaborate word, but you know, it, like helping mentally ill people has been seen as something a government should do, mm. but could probably afford not to do. Now it's different. Now there are so many people with mental health complaints out of the workforce, it's actively harming the economy, and we're in recession because there are so few workers. I can't think of any recession we've had before, where the main problem has been a lack of workers rather than a lack of jobs. And that's where we are now, 5.1 million people in this country. On out-of-work benefits, and a lot of them for want of basic medical care.
1: If Kate Andrews were here, she'd say that we need more immigrants. <laughs> Katie, let's well, change I, the subject. I saw subject. her last <laughs> night, actually. She was
2: saying she's itching to come back on this podcast and take me on.
0: Well, she's back from Monday, so listeners
1: can back get ready. Back at work ready. at Monday. And by
2: the way, can I just say in advance that she's wrong?
0: Okay, Good maybe that's, we'll, we'll um, look forward to the podcast. Maybe yeah. it's Saturday. She then, knows she's
1: right? wrong. Moving on, Katie, Rishi Sunak is today in Scotland meeting uh, Nicholas Sturgeon. What are they going to be talking about? So this is interesting, I mean it's Rishi's it first visit as Prime Minister uh,
0: obviously he visited also as Chancellor to Scotland um, if you think about his time as Chancellor I think there was quite a funny story ahead of one of the, the sets of elections there whereby all the Scottish Conservatives didn't want Boris Johnson to come up the only Tory politician they thought would do them any good was Rishi Sunak, now this was pre the non-Dom row but um, it showed you the fact that they thought he was an asset now he is at this evening meeting, I think he's having dinner with Nicola Sturgeon and they'll be talking about various things but I think it points to a different approach certainly between Rishi Sunak and his predecessor Liz Truss where in the hustings she would say you know we can ignore Nicola Sturgeon, whereas Rishi Sunak made an effort, and I think his team made a particularly an effort to say that he spoke to her early on in his premiership. Now he's meeting with her, and ultimately, I think they're taking the Michael Gove approach, which is also heralded by James Forsyth on this podcast several times, which you attract more flies of honey than vinegar, and and therefore it's better to reach out to other uh, you know. So other was that one of James's sayings? Yes,
2: yeah. you attract more flies of honey than vinegar. So he would often
0: a- say. Cindy, oh, yeah, I can attest to this so yeah. this is yeah. the honey trap strategy is it? so this was he would talk about it as the Michael Gove approach but it's the one that he he preferred okay
2: well again at the risk of uh, taking issue if somebody's not on this podcast <laughs> James is so
1: coming I'm glad I'm on the podcast at okay, this point Fraser tell us if you were Nicola Sturgeon or Rishi Sunak either of those people in this meeting what would your approach yeah, how be? how are you going to catch more flies with, with your vinegar? well, well, well first
2: or of all you need to stop thinking of Scotland as a foreign country which they all do it's like oh the Prime Minister is going to Scotland where He's got to meet the head of state, and I'm you know, to
0: Scotland on Friday, but, but I wasn't planning to brief it out.
2: Yeah, but 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 you know, they makes such a big thing over it, and the fact that you, I mean, it's like, so he's a prime minister of the United Kingdom. He can go to any part of the United Kingdom whenever he wants without bending the knee to the um, the the nationalist Queen in Edinburgh. So I do think that the in the in the sheer choreography of this with Tories plays into the SNP's hands. Uh, It's certainly true that one of the SNP's big shticks is how evil the Tories are. Now Boris Johnson was a very good hate figure for them. Terrible, out of touch, Etonian Toff. Rishi Sunak is harder to hate. But the bigger problem for Nicola Sturgeon is that the the independence shtick was all about England, Tory, Tory England and if it looks like Keir Starmer is going to win, then that makes it harder to look upon the Union as being sort of Tory trap. Also Labour is reviving Living in Scotland and under the assured leadership of Anna Sarwar who I think we didn't talk about enough in this podcast but I think is a, a man of significant achievement and all unionists I think ought to be wishing him well I certainly do
0: also for all the talk of honey things could soon go quite sour when it comes to relations between Rishisina and Nicola Sturgeon now I think They're having this dinner this evening, and part of the reason Richard Sunak there is to talk about free ports, something they see as, you know, a benefit of Brexit, and uh, in Scotland as a way of building the union, you do, I think it's definitely the case that Richard Sunak wants to have a more, we work with the devolved administrations rather than trying to point out differences, but... We do know that there is a deadline on the gender reform legislation that the Scottish Parliament have voted to bring in. Now, the government, the UK government has said that they will look at that. There is a chance they issue a Section 35 order which would block the Scottish mm-hmm. Parliament. Now, there has been no announcement on that yet. My understanding is the government is still waiting for the full legal advice. But also, if we are talking about honey, I don't think we want it to blight this, you know, visit this week. But the deadline is next Wednesday. So we will have a decision soon enough from the government. And all the current signs in the mood music is that the government is at least quite open Mm. to taking quite drastic action on this and if they are then you are going to end up in potentially a situation where you are in a big conversation about the constitution about independence about whether Westminster should be allowed to block uh, what the Scottish Parliament do and then also one about identity politics and of course the self-ID legislation which is very naughty in of itself and really does divide opinion and you know whether there are enough protections for women so as of next week depending on what the government do I think things could get pretty terse on both sides.
2: I do hope that Rashid make balances. I, I get why, as a Prime Minister, he'd want to go and visit uh, the First Minister, right? of course, and have good relations. But you wouldn't visit Andy Burnham every time he goes to Manchester. And I like to think that soon he will be able to go to another part of my magnificent homeland and Katie's magnificent homeland without feeling the need to treat it like a foreign visit.
1: Fraser and Katie, thanks very much. And thank you very much for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, do give us a rating or a review. And remember, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Thanks.